Morning, Suzanne. Good to see you. Morning, everyone. It's great to see you this morning. Um, we're going to start our service uh, by praying. Before we do, just to say welcome to George. He's going to be our speaker this morning. Uh, and not, not only is he going to be our speaker, but also our singer, I hope, and our player, which is good. So we're looking forward to that. Anyway, let's start by praying. And then we're going to say, sing our opening hymn together. Father, we thank you so much for everything that you have done for us. And Lord, we thank you that this morning we are able to meet and we are able to celebrate your love without fear of your wrath. And Lord, we recognise that the only reason why we can do this is because, Jesus, you have done everything that is necessary for us to be restored to a right relationship with God. Father, we thank you that we are able to come into your presence, not in our own righteousness, but in the righteousness of Christ. And so we pray that everyone here this morning would understand what it means to have put their trust in you, to have turned away from sin, and to be living their life for your glory. Lord, we pray that we would be people who have faith and people who are giving our lives to you each day, trusting in you and serving you with all of our hearts. Lord, we thank you for your love. Father, we thank you that we don't stand alone this morning. We thank you that all around the world there are Christians who are gathered to worship you, to praise you, to seek you, and to to spread this good news message of your love, of freedom from your wrath that is available to all who would come to you. And Lord, we thank you for our brothers and sisters around the world, and we particularly remember those who are suffering at the moment. Lord, we pray for Christians in countries where there is persecution where people are not free to gather, where there is difficulties because of famine or because of war, where there are uh, problems in society. Lord, we just pray for our brothers and sisters in particular that you would sustain them and you would make them a, a shining light in their communities to show the gospel to people around them. Father, we ask these things in your name, Lord. Amen. Well, we're going to start by singing number 702. Through all the changing scenes of life, 702, let's sing together.
Well, it is Mother's Day, so welcome especially to all the ladies, and there will be a, uh, a, a present at the end for all of the women who are here this morning. Um, and it'll, it's, 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 a, it's flower. I can't remember if that's plain flower, self-rising flower, or a daffodil, um, but you'll find out later on in the service. Uh, there will be a time of tea and coffee after the service, so do stay for that. And then the notices for the rest of the day and the coming week are as follows. So we're going to be continuing with our daily devotions. Uh, I've got the list here. Uh, if your name is not on it and you'd like to be, please do speak to me. Uh, we have slots available this week, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, uh, we've got our book from glory unto glory and we've been going through each day and each day different person will read a sentence that stands out for them, uh, why that stands out to them and then they'll pray about it, just a minute or two. And it's been great, hasn't it? I've been really enjoying it. So thank you to everyone who's involved and everyone who's got their names down. And as I say, there are some slots, so do speak to me afterwards. If you're not in the WhatsApp group and therefore not getting those, speak to me and I'll add you into the WhatsApp group after the service. We have two WhatsApp groups, the discussion one, which this is on, and also one where the announcements get made and stuff. So do um, give, let me know if you want to join either of those. Uh, this week on Wednesday, there is no Zoom, because we are back in person in the church, and that is at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. Now, here's the plan for moving forward, and we'll set that a little bit more on Wednesday. Uh, for the last couple of years, because of COVID, we've had a Bible study every week, uh, which is not what we used to do before COVID. Historically, what we do is we have a missionary prayer meeting once a month, we have a Bible study, then we go uh, carol, uh, not carol singing, singing in the old folks home and then we do a bible study and um, we're, we're not going back to the old folks right away um, we may get back to that but that's not planned at the moment but what we are going to do is we're going to do a missionary prayer meeting a bible study uh, then we'll do uh, more of an evangelistic bible study where we we really try to learn together okay what is it we believe we'll go through a series maybe the world we all want or christianity explored or something like that and then another Bible study. So that's what a normal month will look like. So we'll, we'll have uh, mystery prayer, uh, the, the, the Bible study, the evangelistic Bible study, and then a normal Bible study again. That's the plan. Um, and for that evangelistic Bible study, we'll, we'll have some food as well, if that's okay. Um, so, seven o'clock we will start uh, this Wednesday. Uh, and it'd be great to see as many of you there as possible. This week will be a prayer meeting. So it'll be a precursor to the missionary prayer meeting. We will pray for missionaries, but it'll be a generic prayer meeting this Wednesday. Um, and then the following week will be a, a regular Bible study. So do put that in your diaries, and it'd be great to see you if you're able to come. On Friday at 10 a.m., we have the baby and toddler group. And then at 6.45, we have the CBC club. Um, so we do look forward uh, to both of those. And then next Sunday at 11 a.m., we have Steve Barlow, he was speaking in the morning. We're going to have our reading now, which I'm going to ask my dad to bring. And that's from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 50. Thanks. Good morning. In the passage, as Matthew said, it's from Luke chapter 1. And if you have a pew Bible... It's on page 723. So one of these Bibles, 723. And we're going to start to read at, I think it's verse, what was the verse we're reading, starting to read at? 30, is it 35? 
39. Got it down here somewhere. Sorry about this. Yeah, 39. <laughs> right, verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby left in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of her greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt, leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One, has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. And God glad his blessing to that reading of his word. And we're going to hear from George a little bit later on that passage. Thank you. Brilliant. We're going to have some choruses now, so if, if I could have some helpers come to the front, that'd be wonderful. Um, Jackie just reminded me as well, seemingly the clocks go back forward, next forward, week. Forward. The clocks go forward next week. Oh, so, <laughs> so the clocks go... Whoa. See, the clocks go forward. Um, I, I, I always get confused, so that means we're going back in time. No, we're going forward in time. Okay, whatever. So, so we'll th it's, it's going to be like 10 o'clock in our mind, okay. but it is going to be 11 o'clock. Okay. Do you know the problem I have these days is I don't, know which, I don't know which clocks update themselves and which clocks don't. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll put in an, hour, an extra hour. Anyway, right, don't forget that next week. Um, right, we're going to have some conversations. Should we start with He Made the Stars to Shine? Let's do that. Brilliant. Thank you. 
he's acting in this brilliant fucking like.
one more. Give me one more. Let's do one more. What do you reckon? Any favourites? Anyone you want to shout out? My God, it's a bit of That's a good one. so much really appreciate that right we're gonna ask uh george to come and speak to us now uh, i got confused because it says message mary i see who's mary and, and, and the message is about mary and george is the one who's going to come and bring it to us now thank you george Ooh. i don't know what that noise was actually if it happens again we'll we'll be back How's that? Can you hear me okay? Yeah. And unfortunately, can you see me okay? <laughs> now, yeah, I, I, I love coming here. It's great here. Um, but uh, I always say that I'm, I'm not particularly gifted in speaking, but uh, I'm usually allowed here so long as I, I sing a song, maybe at the beginning and a song at the end. But when I say I sing a song, we're, we're all going to sing a song at the beginning. Is that all right? Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I usually do the, the, the music for a, a meeting that Sydney Elliott has at Grace um, for, shall we say, the more mature people uh, in, in his church, called Pure Gold. And uh, we usually have some good old, uh, good old hymns. And we sang this on Wednesday, because we met on Wednesday. Uh, number 295 in your book, because uh, we're coming up to Easter, aren't we? It's, it's going to be Easter very shortly. And this is a great Easter hymn, isn't it, that we can sing. I hope uh, even if you're maybe slightly younger, you're, you'll know this. If you don't, I hope at the end of it, you'll, it'll become one of your favourites. It's a lovely old hymn. I serve a risen Saviour, he's in the world today. And the chorus says, he lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. So uh, shall we stand up and sing? Yeah, stand if you're able, and uh, we'll sing this lovely piece together. I serve a risen Savior, he's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever Along life's narrow way, he 
anyway, please be seated. <clears throat> well, happy Mother's Day. <clears throat> I wonder if I was to uh, ask you, if I was to go around, which I won't do, okay, but I would go around and ask you, um, where does that come from? Where does that start? What's the origins of Mother's Day? I suspect that I get probably a lot of different answers. And I think I can say that because when I was trying to look it up <laughs> uh, this week, there are lots and lots of different answers. Now, the one that has, I suppose, the most credibility for me, I think, is uh, there was a tradition back in the old days, whatever you term the old days, my, my my grandchildren think the old days is when I was growing up, you know, that's, that's the old days. Um, but in the old days, when we're talking about lots of people, uh, wealthy landowners in the country, um, I'm really thinking of England now, um, lots of wealthy landowners, lots of uh, big houses, and lots of people in service, you know, the maids and the butlers and, and all of this sort of stuff. And one of the ones that I think has, has got a, a lot of credibility is basically on the fourth day of Lent, which is today, the fourth day of Lent, they were given time off. But the time off was really, I think more than anything, was actually to go back to their mother church. Because what tended to happen is if you had a big church or a cathedral or something like that, in the outlying districts there would be other churches, we say planted these days, don't we, you know, different churches there and on this day on this fourth Sunday of Lent what very often happened is that people came back to the mother church but of course what that often meant was that they were coming back to their own family they would be coming back to the family and they would be coming back to their mother as well and uh, I think it was also a bit of a, a tradition as no tube no nowhere no mercy rail or anything like that in those days so people were walking back to their mother church, to their, to their families, to spend the day with them, um, and they would probably be picking flowers as they went along, and so hence mum got a nice bunch of flowers as well. That seems to fit with me. I, I don't know what you believe. If you, if you believe something different, that's fine. I'm not going to argue with it at all. But that, these, these days off, I think, for the people in those days, of course, were really quite rare, and I think it became really something special. Of course, often on this day, it's always on a Sunday, isn't it? So often uh, we find ourselves in church and people, there are speakers who have uh, got a speech on a subject of uh, Mother's Day. So you'll probably find that very often that will be on a subject of maybe uh, various women uh, that we find in Scripture, various women in the Bible, and of course, very often on uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well. Um, so I just thought, just for a few minutes, um, you know that I'm not a long speaker because I'm not that clever, but just for a few minutes we might think about uh, just a couple of things around, surrounding Mary, the mother of, of Jesus. Now, straight away, um, when you're looking at, at, at this topic, it, it's certainly an interesting uh, topic, but, I, but also it can be controversial as well, can't it? It can be um, controversial. Uh, I remember when I was at work, uh, the, 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 the sort of team, I was in various, various teams, but the one that resonates with me most, uh, I seemed to be surrounded by Roman Catholics and we had an awful lot of discussion and we had uh, 
we actually had a lot of fun poking fun at each other and so on, you know. But we did have some real good discussions about things, you know. And of course, there were certain controversies as well, certain things that we didn't agree with and so on. But it was all, as I say, all in there, all done very, very well. And we were all still good friends afterwards. Can I start off with an illustration? An illustration. If I was to hold up here, I haven't got one, you'll notice. A picture of a beautiful face, okay? I haven't brought one because, of course, people's idea of that is, is often very different. Of course, all you ma married men out there, you know, what you'd be saying was, of course, I'd be holding up a picture of my wife, of that face. That's what you'd be saying. Isn't that right, guys? Come on, help me out here. <laughs> I'm helping you out here, so, so it would be a picture of your wife. But if I held up this picture of a beautiful face, there it is. How lovely is that face. Think of the nose on that. What a beautiful nose. Isn't that lovely? And it just goes right uh, in, that, in that face. If that nose was start to, started to grow a bit bigger and a bit bigger and then start to grow even bigger and get out of all proportion with that face, then that face, it changes then, doesn't it? And it becomes really less beautiful. Likewise, the same nose started to begin again. If that nose started to reduce in size, started to diminish, and almost started to disappear as well, then again that face, it, it, it's, not as, uh, it's not as beautiful as it was before, and it's spoiled, isn't it, in a sense. Now, that I think, this was a, a, an illustration I heard a long time ago, that is so true of a lot of the things, the truths, the doctrines, or the truths, if you like, the, basic, um, the basics of our faith and our salvation that we find in Scripture often are treated a little bit like that, in that there are some people, there are maybe some churches, maybe even some denominations that might take a particular truth and might actually blow it up out of all proportion, and then that maybe, well, you might say it spoils things. Or there are some doctrines, some truths, there in Scripture which are diminished so much and they almost disappear. And again, doesn't that affect the look on that face? Doesn't that affect our understanding of Scripture and our understanding of our God and our Saviour? That's an interesting um, illustration, but that's what often happens, isn't it, uh, these days? as far as scripture is concerned, as far as what we, we consider the truth is concerned. So just for a minute or two, uh, let's have a look a little bit at some of the clear truth uh, that we were taught in scripture about Mary and about the virgin birth. Let's consider that, because certainly that sort of thing, the virgin birth, for example, uh, is often a truth that is forgotten, it's often denied, and it's often distorted by people. In the same way with our illustration, the silly illustration about the nose. It's often forgotten, denied, and distorted. Now, <clears throat> I, I, I suspect that you probably agree with me, I don't know, but many so-called Christian churches these days um, would actually deny the whole, the whole virgin birth thing. You hear it very often, uh, often in some uh, you know, very leading um, 
church, lead, church leaders you know, in, in, in prominent positions in denominations or whatever and deny, deny these things and they say, oh well, what's more important is, and they start denying things. So, so in effect, what they're doing then by denying the, the virgin birth is in effect, when we follow through the teachings in scripture, they're denying the deity of Christ, they're denying that, that God, Jesus was born to be Emmanuel, to be God with us, uh, if they're denying this, this, uh, the virgin birth. And therefore, really, they're saying that Jesus, nice fellow though he is, is not God. Um, very often, those same people will deny uh, an awful lot of the miraculous events that we find in Scripture and say these things, well, they just didn't happen. Nice stories, but they really didn't happen. Um, there's often all sorts of different theories about um, some of the miracles, about maybe natural phenomena that might occur, that might explain some of these miracles away. I don't know if you've heard about the feeding of the 5,000. One of the ones that seems to be prominent with that is, well, no, that, that didn't really happen. What happened was that when uh, everyone was sitting down and um, this, this little lad was brought up and he, he had his lunch, his five loaves and his two fishes, then everyone saw, well, how, how, uh, how good that was, how kind that was, and that he was willing to share and then all of the food that they actually secretly had and I hadn't showed, then they all started getting it out and then sharing with, with people. What a load of nonsense. <laughs> really is a load of nonsense. Because we know in that story, don't we, in, uh, in, in, the, uh, uh, in the Bible, that the, what, the, what happened at the end, that the, everybody had their fill, so everybody was full. And then the, collect, the, the disciples went around and collected 12 baskets of food that was over. So uh, some people do talk an awful lot. But there are these people around, aren't there, who just deny uh, the miracles of, 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 um, of Scripture. These people will often agree, oh yes, Jesus, a remarkable man, remarkable man, a profound teacher. Yes, we'll agree with that. He was a major figure in history, uh, most, maybe even the most influential life that was ever lived in this church. Incidentally, when I wrote that down and I was thinking about that, what's all this BCE stuff as well? BCE? <laughs> we used to say BC, didn't we, and AD, but now we've got BCE, before the current era. The current era is based around the life of Jesus Christ, isn't it? You know, so anyhow, I, I, I do have a rant and a rave now and again about these things. Just more examples, isn't it, of uh, the truths in scripture being forgotten, being denied and being distorted. So what we should do uh, in all of these things, look to scripture, look to scripture. Luke chapter 1, uh, do you remember when angel Gabriel goes and visits Mary? Um, and this is uh, verse 34, Mary says, How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come unto you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One, <coughs> so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. How clear is that? And then in, in another gospel, Matthew chapter 1, um, and this is after um, Mary was found to be with child 
And of course, you can imagine, can't you, that Joseph will have been, you know, really troubled at this time. But then, of course, we read in verse 21, an archangel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And all this took place to fulfill the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that particular prophecy is from Isaiah. So, I mean, these things that I'm saying, Greece don't believe it, or don't think it's just George, you know, George's version of uh, George's idea of these things. What we need to do is to look to scripture, and there we see two different gospels, and even a prophecy from hundreds of years before, all agreeing about the virgin birth. Again, it's often forgotten, denied, distorted, but we have scripture to look on, and that is what, um, that is what we, we really need to look at uh, when we're perhaps challenged about these big things. Incidentally, the whole virgin birth thing, it always occurs to me that uh, you don't actually hear um, at the time of much um, dispute about that. But of course, Mary was, a, was alive all the way through Jesus' life and even beyond that, of course. And if anybody had any real issues, any re real questions or disputes about that, there she was, they could have gone along and asked her, but you know, we don't really read of an awful lot about that, do we? Right, now then, uh, when I lead in our church, uh, occasionally the, 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 the scraping the battle and they can't find anybody else, so they'll ask me to read. But I usually get into trouble, because they'll look like that looking at their watches and so on. Because I usually like to slip in a few little quiz questions. Okay, now here's a quiz question for you, all right. Joe Biden, President of the United States, yeah? What number president is that, does anybody know? I never know. I have to look it up. What number president is he? Any guesses? No guesses up there? Shall I tell you? What did you say? 47? Very, very close. He's actually the 46th. Very, very close. I, th I think there's a prize worth up there, yeah. 46th President Joe Biden. Now then, this one will test you. Who was then the third president? of the United States. Abraham Lincoln? Abraham Lincoln? No. Was he the first? Was he? My, uh, my, my American history, well, my history generally is, is real rubbish. Um, it wasn't George Washington? No? I had a piece of paper here before, but I've lost it now. I bet you Matthew pinched it, hasn't he? No. <laughs> It's probably me who's lost it, Matthew, don't worry. We've got one. Somebody knows here in the back. Somebody knows. Oh, go on. Who was it? Lee. Thomas Jefferson. How did you know that? Did you just look? Have you been on your phone? Have you learned them all? Do you know them all? Oh, I'm dead impressed with that. Thomas Jefferson. It was Thomas Jefferson the third. Um, now, all this business about uh, you know people uh, forgetting the truth or, or denying the truth or distorting it, 
Thomas Jefferson, I'm told, was, was a president who did lots of good things and so on. But he was one of these who said, well, all of this controversial stuff that goes on in the Bible, we don't want any, any of this. And um, he, 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 he was of the view that these gospel writers were all, um, were, were all at odds with each other, and all, all writing different things and so on. And there's, there's far too much controversy. So he decided that he was going to have a Bible that we couldn't, we couldn't um, argue with, that was no controversy in, and we'll have this Bible. It became known as the Thomas Jefferson Bible. Um, and uh, basically, uh, well, we'll see, because Jackie, where is Jackie? There you are, Jackie. Jackie has actually got a copy that our friend has lent us of the Thomas Jefferson Bible. What does it actually say on the front, Jackie? I forgot to look. The Jefferson Bible. Oh, it does say that, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, I think there's another title for it as well, a grander title, but basically it just became to be known as the Jefferson Bible. Jackie will just read to us, just have a listen, uh, at the, the very first couple of verses uh, of this Bible. This is where it starts, this Bible. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Simenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. So you'll notice that this Bible, it is the Bible, yeah? No Old Testament, okay? So none of that business about uh, none of all that sacrifice stuff and none of the creation stuff or all of the prophets. None of that, all out, all of it, all gone. Um, and also none of the genealogy just before the Christmas story. It starts right there at the birth of Christmas. And this is the end of this Bible as well. The, the last, literally the last couple of verses of this Bible. This is where it ends. Now in the place where he was crucified there was a garden and in the garden a new sepulchre wherein was never a man yet laid. There lay Jesus and rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulchre and departed. And that's where it finishes. How sad is that? How sad is that? No miracles, no supernatural themes ends with a burial in a tomb. No resurrection, and that's, uh, and isn't this typical? <coughs> We're just using that as, a, as an example. Isn't it typical of the sign of the times today in that if you're a Christian, then uh, you know, there's so many things that, that are against us and that we're seen as being uh, bigoted because we only believe in the Bible and, and so on. Um, the truth forgotten, the truth denied, and the truth distorted. Now, it has to be said that if we are talking about Mary, that we, we really need to mention that, uh, perhaps some of the teachings of the Catholic Church. Now, some of my friends used to say, oh, you, you just got it in for the Catholics and so on. But of course, what we are for is the truth. It's not against anyone except anything that is not the truth. But one of the things in terms of the Catholic Church, one of the teachings of the Catholic Church, um, have you heard of a term called uh, obtaining grace for sinners? Um, basically, you might have heard that sometimes uh, in Catholic churches they will pray to saints and pray to Mary. Um, and basically that's because the understanding is that Mary presented a far more 
uh, accessible way to God than the Lord Jesus. That's why they're praying to Mary for, for her to go to her son. So that's the more accessible way, if you like, to God for your particular prayers. Now how sad is that? I am privileged, I have to say, that I was brought up in a mission from very, very young. A mission where I was taught scripture from a very, very young age uh, and verses from the Bible. And one of them being that one that I think a lot of you will already know, John chapter 14 and verse 6, which says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So even from an early, early age, I would have been able to challenge that sort of teaching, that belief, because, well, the Bible doesn't say that. And bear in mind, their Bible says exactly the same thing as well. Now, another term that you might hear, and I've just picked out a couple of things, really. Another term you might hear is immaculate conception. Now, I think a lot of people um, who are not Roman Catholics might say, well, that's, that's, that's good. Um, in that at least they're standing up for the fact that Jesus was um, immaculately conceived, if you like, it was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and you might say, well, isn't that a good thing? Well, yes, that is a good thing. But the meaning of immaculate conception, just have a listen to this. In 1854, Pius IX said this, we declare that this doctrine the most blessed Virgin Mary in the first instance of her conception by a unique grace and privilege of the omnipotence of God and in consideration of the merits of Christ Jesus the Saviour was preserved free from all stain of original sin. Was conceived free from all stain of original sin. So what that is saying is that the Immaculate Conception is actually Mary as well and that Mary was free from sin, as well as the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, again, that's, that's, that's clearly a teaching, but again, one of those where, you know, even the Catholic Church themselves might sort of reduce this and put less emphasis on it, but it's still there, it's still there. Now, what do we read in Scripture? That's where we always go back to. What do we read in Scripture? And uh, Eddie read it to us in our reading uh, just now, Luke chapter 1. And verse 46 says this, And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servants. From now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to me, to those who fear him, from generation to generation. So did you spot that, what Mary said? My saviour. Now, if that, uh, that so-called uh, doctrine was true in terms of this immaculate conception, why would Mary be saviour? But she says it uh, there, recorded in the, in the gospel for us, that um, <clears throat> my spirit rejoices in God my saviour. So she recognises that it, it was her saviour and of course she talks about the humble state of uh, his servant. So we see this remarkable, very young woman, remarkable young woman, um, and showing great humility here 
um, and of course great obedience as, as we see through the rest of the story. So, uh, you know, so important isn't it that we go, wrong, go back each time to what scripture says. You know, I love this, this particular verse uh, concerning the Mary story as well. Luke chapter 2, uh, in verse 18. So this was after the sort of, the, if you like, the stable scene when the, the shepherds had been there and, um, and uh, said what they'd seen, uh, what the angel had told them. And then it says in verse 18, And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But it says, that, uh, verse 19 says, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. I, I love that uh, verse. I think that's, uh, that's interesting that uh, she was there in the middle of all of this that was going on. It also has to be said that just later than that, time when the time for purification after the birth came, um, and if you know the story about going into the temple and Simeon there, remember? And Simeon uh, was given really this word from the Lord. Uh, Luke 2 verse 34 says, And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and the sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So this is God revealing to Simeon, of course, the division that uh, the birth of Jesus was going to cost, and also pointing out the suffering that was to come, suffering for the Lord Jesus, and of course, for his mother Mary. A sword will pierce through your own soul also. So when we're challenged and when we're um, maybe even scoffed at and so on about some of the things we believe in, in the Bible, um, I hope we remember it's not a question of uh, who, who's the best at winning arguments. You know, I've got more knowledge than you or you've got more knowledge than me or, or whatever, or who's the cleverest around this particular area. What it is, what we trust in, is God's word. That's what we can. So we, we can't win, win arguments with people. All we can say is, well, I trust in what God's word says. You remember that verse in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, a lovely verse, which I think helps me out of uh, so many different things. Uh, it says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching and for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. All scripture. So that's what we rely on. And when we do get into these, uh, these issues or people are, are, are taking issue with us, all we can say is that's what we rely on. If, that, if that's what we do rely on, God's word, uh, you're not arguing with me, but this is what uh, God's word says. And I love that, as I've said a couple of times, I love that verse where it says, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in their hearts. So I'm going to finish with a song now. Um, and I think it's, uh, <clears throat> if you know the song, it's probably a, a bit obvious what I'm going to say. There's a lovely song that says, Mary, the title is Mary, Did You Know? 
And I often uh, think as I'm singing this song, or when I'm thinking about Mary, I wonder just exactly what she did, understand about all of the things. She was a very, very young girl, of course. We know that she knew her Bible because of the, the, the uh, she knew her Old Testament because of the things that she said uh, and she quoted. Um, but I wonder just how much she actually grasped. This song says, Mary, did you know? Have a listen to the word of it. I'll sing this and then I'll hand back to Matthew. Is that all right? Yeah. Find me some pick in my pocket somewhere. There it is. <laughs> I'll put that on. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? That this child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kissed your little baby, you kissed the face of God. Single closing hymn, which is number 266. I cannot tell why he who angels 
worship. So let's sing together, 266, and then we'll close in prayer. 266.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what George has reminded of us, reminded us of this morning. Jesus, we thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. The only way. Jesus, we thank you that you have done everything that is necessary for us to be made right, to be made righteous, to be restored to a right relationship with the Father. Lord, we pray that we would not neglect so great a salvation. Father, we thank you that you've given us your word, the Bible, and that we can have confidence in it. Lord, we thank you that the miraculous things that happened are in it because they are true. We thank you because of the way that it starts and the way that it ends and the hope that we have because of what you have done for us. We ask these things in your name. We pray that we would understand them and that we would know they are true and live in accordance with them. Amen.